0: So tell me, you're moving to Argentina.
1: Yeah, I know. Absolutely wild. What part of Argentina? I I bought a one-way ticket. Uh, Buenos Aires.
0: Buenos Aires. Okay. All right. Yeah. And you have your business on pause or someone's running it or you're going to work from there?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I was originally going down there to meet with some of my team members who are in Buenos Aires, but I now I've realized I'm a little bit burnt out, so I need to take a bit of a break. Okay. And so that's why I'm going to go down there. And you know, who knows? Maybe I come back knowing a little bit of tango and knowing how to cook empanadas. We'll see. We'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> Have you ever been to Argentina?
1: No. <laughs> I've never been done anything like this in my right. life. Are so you excited about away. it or are you like, oh my gosh? Uh, I think it's hit me I I just had my going away party like last weekend and I, I don't really celebrate too much in my mm-hmm. life but seeing like all the people in one room that really care about me mm-hmm. yeah, that was heartwarming but now I'm like yeah I'm not gonna see these people for a really long time because I'm thinking of going for like you know any if I if I like it uh, anywhere between three to six months and then up to a mm-hmm. year um in Latin America so we'll see yeah. but yeah I'm feeling it's on Monday and I got 27 hours of travel so who
0: Dang. here we go dude I will say uh yeah. the leaving the relationships is the hardest part of moving is what i mm. I miss people more than I realized I would miss them now that I've moved and I'm like golly I wish I would have hung out with them more but sometimes it's what you got to do you know so but hey Everybody, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host, and this is my good friend, Amar, coming in from Colorado, not coming in quite from Argentina yet, but Amar, say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm honored to be here, and this is so cool to see this podcast and what it's doing in people's lives.
0: Amar was one of my original, like, encouragers. Uh, We were at a Because we met at church, we met at a young adult ministry in Colorado, and I don't even remember how we like started like hanging out. Cause you were, you were on the security team and I was on staff, but Lamar was just like the friendliest person I've ever met. And we started talking about this podcast <laughs> I thought about doing. And he's like, you have to. And then he gave me this book that like changed my life. Um, I didn't get it off my bookshelf. Do you have yours right there?
1: Yeah. It's called becoming yes, a king. A... That book,
0: Morgan Snyder. Yeah. That book is incredible. Every man should read it. Dude, I've got, um, exit this church that I'm at now. Um, Two. No, two leaders. One small group going through the video series of becoming a king.
1: Oh, incredible! I've been here.
0: I've been here four months, and I was like, "You got to read this book." And the guy read it in like two days. He's like, "This is amazing." I'm doing a small group on it. I was like, "Yes." That book is incredible, (laughs) but
1: yeah, it, it just gets people stoked on life, and I think it's something, you know, that men when they read it they just relate to different parts Mm -hmm. of it. Maybe not all of it, Mm -hmm. but they walk away wanting to be warriors Mm -hmm. and to be sons. You know, we'll talk about all this, but it's
0: awesome. You remember Patrick from our small group that we did real tall, Patrick, he read that book and he's like, why is it that I'm in my fifties and no one has said these things Mm -hmm. to me? And I was like, this guy, Mm -hmm. he was in the, he was in the Navy. He runs a very successful small business. Like he has three kids and he's like, No one told me these things. And he wishes he would have gotten them when he was 20. So if you're in your 20s or your 30s, whatever age you are, pick up Becoming a King, read it, do it, and we'll know. Actually, it's easy to identify everybody who's read Becoming a King because they carry a knife everywhere they go.
1: Yeah, (laughs) quite literally literally. everywhere. They carry something. (laughs) My
0: brother-in-law, his small group went through Becoming a King about a year ago, and he wears his pocket knife even when he's wearing sweatpants.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's always fun to see, like, all these guys, like, carrying pocket knives. And then you're like, so you use that for more than uh, cutting boxes, right? And they're (laughs) like, no, 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 solely solely symbolic. Solely symbolic. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Hey, it matters. Uh, So, Amar, tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do, how young you are. People know that you have started a small business because I've been telling everybody that this is small business month. Not small business. This is entrepreneurship month. Uh, I feel like those two are different. Mm. Anyone can start a small business. Entrepreneurs like make stuff happen. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are yeah. and what you're doing with
1: your life, dude. Yeah. Uh, so as as Keaton is is kind of described, yeah, we kind of met at church, and yeah, <laughs> I I don't know if I was the friendliest guy, but I was like definitely the smallest dude there because I was on the security team. <laughs> and Keaton would just like walk over, and be like, "What's up, man?" and yeah, I'd be like. I thought Keaton was actually the friendliest guy. But, you know, in the midst of that, uh, at the time, I was just working a normal corporate job. I was working at a um, a Christian tech company out in Boulder. And, yeah, I built a lot of different, you know, mobile apps and got exposed to a lot out there and learned a ton. And then from there, I ended up transitioning uh, to starting my own product mobile com- mobile app consulting company and really for the mission-driven space but it wasn't like I could say that like in two sentences and be like oh wow but there was so much that went into just that journey itself like sixth grade reading at like a first grade level coming out of high school doing like IB because I thought that was like the way you could do better in school it's like the similar thing to AP for those listening and I was like yeah maybe that's the way I could like get more credits or whatever you know mm-hmm. like I thought like this is all before a job my first job mm-hmm. right and then I co- I go to college and I'm trying to be I had a lot of health problems growing up and I tried to be um, a pediatrician I was like oh man I could like make going to the doctor so much more fun <laughs> like I was you know I just always dreamed about doing mm-hmm. that and then I went to see Boulder I was doing uh, MCDB which is I guess some fancy abbreviation for biology and um, I did that for two years. And I was like, man, I'm just not happy. And so I, as hard as it was, ended up telling my parents that I'm not going to pursue medicine, mm-hmm. because in Indian culture, um, career and education are like the biggest um, pieces right, of emphasis. Right. And so I was like, no, I can't do it. I'm out. <laughs> and then I uh, I kind of, oh, man, I'd walked by the engineering building one day and I saw a group of uh, computer science students and everyone just kind of looked a little bit down. And I think something gravitated me towards that like i just felt called to like kind of be a light in the computer science program and so i literally went to my advisor and at cu and i was like hey uh what does it look like to graduate in computer science and they're like amar you're going to be extremely behind if you go and do that and i was like okay <laughs> sounds good what year of college were you it. in i was a sophomore at this point and so I've already made it to two years of college. And so I didn't know that your credits don't go fully over. And so, and then my advisor was clever and he's like, yeah, actually there's a way you can do it. And I was like, oh, okay. So end up, you know, finally doing that. And I did summer school and a couple other things. And man, computer science is hard. Um, I did not realize that I I built my first gaming computer when I was like, you know, in my teens, I was like, oh, I can do computer science, two very different things, (laughs) Um, you know, knowing how to think and solve problems. But it was, it was a fun challenge. And so, yeah, coming out of college, I graduated. Um, my mom worked two jobs to put me through school. I worked jobs to pay for tuition. So I graduated no debt. That was a huge miracle. And I'm super thankful hey, for that. Um, yeah. But man, coming out of college, I had no idea how to build. I didn't know, like, I thought you graduate with computer science, you're just going to get a job. And I was wrong. Um, it's not like that at all. <laughs> you have to, it's all about who you know. Um, it's also, I didn't put as much emphasis on getting internships. That's a huge mm-hmm. regret of mm-hmm. mine. Uh, I just did on-campus job because I was like, oh, this pays pretty yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, just stick with that. This easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, this is easy. Yeah. And yeah, graduating college. And so uh, luckily I had met someone uh, at church who was just visiting and they had prayed a prayer that they were visiting with their family, uh, who is my current business partner. His name's John uh, Legend, and he, uh John Chu, and so he he basically, he's like, yo, man, I, I I, prayed a prayer that I asked God, like, to help me meet someone that I'm supposed to meet. Like, my family and I are visiting here, and we don't really know if we should be in Colorado, and yeah, I just met you, and I feel like you're the answer to that prayer, and so we started talking and all this stuff. Wow. So, as some of you do know, uh, part of my story is, you know, I was struggling with sobriety, and so this guy's out here to go build a mobile app at a different company. Uh, this is all before the Christian tech company that I, I joined. Mm-hmm. And so this is right out of college. And so he goes, um, hmm. he calls me up. He's like, Hey, would you be interested in an internship? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, like how much does it pay? Cause I'm like so broke <laughs> right, right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like let's get some facts straight right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get this right. I want so.
0: more than ramen for dinner tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and in the midst of in the you know discussing all that, um it was a pay cut. Uh it wasn't that significant, it was like five bucks, but for me at that time I was like, oh god, like <laughs> I
0: don't know. Like well, five could... bucks per hour.
1: No, 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 five bucks less than what I was making. So it was like fifteen. I was making like twenty an hour at oh, so... at my camp on yeah. yeah. So it was still yeah, per
0: yeah. hour cut. Which over Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's actually a pretty large cut, because yeah. that's like ten
1: grand a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know if I could do it. And so I said, you know what? I'll just meet you for lunch and we'll talk more. And so we ended up talking and he was working on an app called Sober Grid, which is an app that helps people stay sober. And at that moment, I knew when he told me the mm-hmm. vision of the app, I was like, I got to be a part right. of this. Like, I didn't want the stars a lot. Like, no one else would hire me. I'm trying to apply for, like, Amazon, Twitter, and Google, and a bunch <laughs> of other things. You're swinging and, for the fences. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was trying. I was trying. I was young and naive, man. I was young and naive. And so um, – didn't get didn't get those, obviously, and so I jumped to this mobile app company, and there I just learned, like, I was just trying to do everything, you know? I was like, oh, let me go, like, talk to real users and, like, learn about how to connect with them, mm-hmm. or, hey, let me go jump over here and, like, learn what it's like to lead a meeting. I've never done any of this stuff before, but I went in the deep end and just did it. From there, um, we both ended up transitioning, Christian Tech Company, left that mobile app company that where we are today that I started, which is called Wonder & Wander, and um, really primarily what we're focused on is we i've been at part of organizations several of them where we spend millions of dollars trying to validate a concept mm-hmm. without actually like going hey let's just validate it see if people will pay for it at a really, you know cheaper rate rather than spending millions of dollars and then go all mm-hmm. in with a full like engineering team and like product team right. and designers and all that stuff and th- and that's the model that i've kind of really taken on is like kind of this just rough rapid right model of Let's validate it. Let's get it out there. But also, these mission-driven companies—they've ne- if they've like dreamed about building a mobile app, you know, for a course of eight years, for example, which is my current one of my current clients, mm-hmm. and it, it's a a nonprofit out in the Bay Area that helps foster families and connects them to the local church. Mm-hmm. Wow! And so they've dreamed about a mobile app that, in real time, it's kind of like an Uber. I don't want to compare it to that, but where you can ask for real time help from your local church when you're a foster parent. So like, Hey, I need some extra rides. I need, um, some extra food. Hey, can someone, um, pray for us in real time? Right. And so that's the app I'm currently building, wow. but they were quoted like a million, two million to build this app. And we're sitting there as a team going, no, like let's teach you how to fish. Let's mm-hmm. actually teach you the methodology of building product and do this for a 10th of the cost. A tenth? And yeah, so we that's what we're currently doing, and it has been such a powerful thing because, you know, within three months they have an actual mobile app on on a real physical device, and we're gonna next week we're actually gonna have real foster families start using it and get feedback, and we're gonna iterate yeah. on it. And so this is the journey, and this is why I started the company because they, um, the 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 CEO and one of the head operation uh, leaders over there, they were just blown away. That they've been dreaming about something like this for eight years, and we've been able to, with their help as well, pull this off. And my team, something we'll talk about in this podcast, how important the team is, we built this app. And so there's many different uh, other mobile apps that I've built in the past, but I wanted to touch on this one because it has to do with the local church, and it's one I'm currently working on and super passionate about.
0: Now I I, I got some questions for you. Uh, Please, bro. One – well, this isn't a question. You you said earlier you're like, Oh, I don't know if I was the nicest guy, but anyone listening can hear in your voice like <laughs> Amar is clearly the happiest person alive. <laughs> like just like your soul experience uh, it doesn't it doesn't neglect anything that's tough in about life, but you like you've always been smiling. Um so you you saw a market that built apps that had a lot of overhead because they had to pay their engineers, building costs or whatever which means their product had to be really, really expensive. And -hmm. you were like, I bet I can do it cheaper by just building a basic framework and giving it to them for, is that right? Am I understanding that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, generally speaking, that's correct. And and really the big thing is around, let's just hone in on what is the primary thing you're trying to do, like problem you're trying to solve with the mobile Mm -hmm. app. So many people, I think in these uh, enterprise settings, they're often heavily pressured by stakeholders mm-hmm. to have all kinds of different features that don't directly contribute right. to that main problem, and so that's all time, extra time. Right. And so, when it came to the framework, like you're calling mm-hmm. out now, I just feel like we don't need that. We don't need this feature. Let's just focus on yeah. these, these these. That's like
0: that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of Microsoft bloat?
1: Uh, no, but I could get yeah, it's all the extra stuff that.
0: that's on a Microsoft computer that you're like, I will never, ever, ever use it. only the most Touch advanced fix, users yeah, yeah. would use any of the thing that's in there. And mm-hmm. people are like, well, just get rid of it. You don't need all that. There's on, it's also on a lot of phones. The first smartphones used to have what they call them bloat. There's all those apps that were like, you didn't need, uh, like mm-hmm. iPhones were the first people like, Nope, get rid of it. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you focus on the main thing. And when did you start mm-hmm. that business?
1: That's just over the past year. So we just made it through our first year uh, wow. doing this business, and it has been full of crazy ups mm-hmm. and crazy lows. And the highs are really high, and the lows are really low. And you know, the there's some struggles with that mm-hmm. too, which I, I'm willing to unpack. Yeah. But we'll we'll get to
0: You're that. You're 27, more. yes?
1: 26. I'm 26. But okay, I feel like I'm 35 because <laughs> I go to bed so early, and. Yeah. I, a lot of other things, but yeah. yeah. Well, hold, you're, hold you're running
0: a, when you run a business, people who have ran a business know it's really, really hard. And when you run a business and you have a lot of cash coming in, it's even harder because now you've got a team to manage. And at, at 26, that's like, oh, so it's, I, I'm not surprised. It's high highs and low lows at all. Um, but I remember when I met you, I had this impression of like, man, Omar's going to be like this, one of the most successful people I'm ever going to know. <laughs> Because it's just like he's he knows everybody, and he's oh like, gosh. yeah, I remember you. You told me you worked for um, uh, what was it? Uh, Glue, in the apps that you were developing for churches. And I was like, and then you got this job at, at Subsplash, and which I know was they weren't that wasn't your favorite place to work, but it was just like, wow, Amar knows people, and he's very successful. And then you built this business. And I was just very very impressed. So um, anybody starting a business is something a lot of young guys, they want to do. Uh, my dad started his own business. Um, and I just had Vinny on who started his own business with his father. And I know a lot of guys who have started their own business. Um, and it seems, oh, so glamorous to be like, you're, mm-hmm. oh, you're your own boss. Um, but th- it's also like, yeah, you're your own boss. And you, actually now you're everyone else's boss, <laughs> um, which comes with his mm-hmm. own pressure. So what are like, I'd love to hear what's the, benefits of starting your own business and let's start with that before we get into the stuff that's like the low of lows the hard stuff
1: yeah the, so the the, the benefits the benefits is, is yeah. really i think it is you get to really control how you spend your time mm-hmm. which is a really powerful thing mm-hmm. you know oftentimes when you're working a normal nine to five you're having mandatory meetings that you don't really want to go yeah. to and you you can't really defend your calendar, mm-hmm. so I think there's some serious power to that.
0: Ooh, defend um, your calendar! And again,
1: I'm yeah, that's gonna be a trademark mm-hmm. <laughs> defend your calendar. Um, but no, this is so I'm primarily speaking for for anyone listening. It's like this my not all of these benefits might not apply, especially if you're not like you know working mm-hmm. uh, on a like a laptop or a remote job, for mm-hmm. instance. But anyways, that's that's the space we're in. So that's one benefit. The other benefit I'd say is you get to run experiments and you get to control how you want to run those experiments and what you want to learn from those experiments, Mm -hmm. right? Because you don't have to go get approved by someone else to run an experiment. So if you're like, Hey, I want to go try this new logo. I want to try this new podcast title for instance, right? Like you can do it and and you can see the results and you don't have to go rely on someone else to go do it yourself, do it for you and then tell you how it went so that's really powerful. And then another benefit is you grow uh, exponentially. I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of growth in terms of what you're exposed to as an uh, entrepreneur. You have to learn how to read a PL sheet, right? Learn QuickBooks, taxes. You have to learn how to market yourself. You have to learn sales. You have to learn management. You have to learn how to build product. You have to know a little bit about design. You get exposed to all this because... If you're just working a normal nine to five, yeah, you might get exposed to some of that, but it becomes even uh, less, like it's more fractional, your exposure. Mm. It's just like a PhD. It's like a crash course PhD. You're not going to be an expert by any means, but you become this generalist, Mm. right, really quickly. And so that's really cool. And then I think the other benefit is you have a a renewed confidence Mm. because Mm. you have made it, you have done it, um, you've created some value in the marketplace when others didn't necessarily are capturing that value, you've now gone and done something. So that's, that's just a few.
0: The renewed confidence What? Okay. Can you go a little bit deeper there? Because that, that one's huge. There's like an ownership. I, I've been kind of thinking a lot right now, this last couple of weeks, about young men who feel they have no control of their life and they they're mm. tired throughout the day and wired at night. Because they're working jobs that make them sleepy, but don't take all that masculine energy that they naturally have. There's no mental or physical challenge in a lot of their work. And so they end up tired during the day because they're bored and wired at night so they can't sleep. And they just have this un and it's, it's kind of draining. And it could kill your confidence because you're like, what the heck am I doing right now? And there's an element where, yeah, you gotta sometimes you just gotta do stuff you don't wanna do and get through it. Mm-hmm. But there's also like the other part that is what could I make of myself? Like, so could you, and and I think making something of yourself and trying something does build confidence. So could you add a little bit to that?
1: Yeah, so this is where I would, just for a brief moment, Mm -hmm. um, I would address like page 165 in Becoming a King, the Mm. book that we just talked about, which is we can only offer who we have become and we do not provide what we do not possess. Mm. That's so good. What, so, so this, this is an important principle. I have like so many different stickies in the book, but this one came to me as I was uh, praying and thinking about this podcast. Mm -hmm. You, before we just go jump into confidence, we have to address why are you starting a business? Why are you choosing to become an entrepreneur? Because a large part of my story is there was a lack of safety Mm. Right. Mm. There was a, there was the constant need for, you know, just seeing, you know, conflict in in marriage, in my neighborhood. I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. My parents worked really hard. Money was tight a few times, Mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's scarcity. Mm. There's, and then we're getting, you know, my poor parents uh, at the time, they're doing the best they can, but they have to work two jobs. So we're getting put out a babysitter. The babysitter is not the best, you know, um, babysitter in the world. So there's like level of layers of neglect there. Right. Mm. And so all of this, right, has kind of, before I even started the business, without me knowing, I had two needs that weren't really met in my life, I feel like, was the assurance of safety and attention. Wow. Wow. And and, be- and the attention is really just because my parents weren't able to be truly present. Mm-hmm. And so those, you're not actually, in. you know, my relationship with my dad isn't the world's best. I love the guy. But it's just, it's just not as tight as it could be. And so now I'm connecting this into another question, which I asked myself is, and that someone has helped, uh, one of my spiritual mentors has helped me really reflect mm. upon, it, and, now I, and this connects to the confidence, is how are my desires for acceptance showing up in harmful or destructive ways in my life? Wow. Wow. So I will repeat that for mm. some other people because I think it's important. Mm. How are my desires for acceptance showing up in harmful or destructive ways in my life? Mm.
0: That's such a good question.
1: Yeah. And so I, I I asked myself that because when it came to the business, was I doing it for me to like actually see if I could be an entrepreneur or was I doing it for validation from other people? Was I doing it to hear, I'm proud of you, son, from my dad? Was I doing it for um, people at church just to hear, oh, that guy's an entrepreneur. That guy's like, you know, he's, he's, he's crushing it. Am I doing it to, you know, when you go on a date with someone, they're like, "Oh wow, like you're really like a high value man, or whatever yeah. it might be these days, yeah, right? Yeah. What, what? Or are you doing it to be the the like alpha male in your friend group? Mm-hmm. What's your motive, yeah. right? Like, are you doing it for acceptance? And so that is so. Then as I was, I've been journeying this past year. I've just recently had this uh, epiphany of this renewed confidence is. I don't have to strive for anyone's acceptance, because I—I'll tell you this: that I didn't hear any of those things. Mm. I didn't hear "I'm proud really? of you" from my dad, and I didn't hear um, my friends really necessarily treat me differently. Mm. They are—they kind of—they've always loved me the same, and I didn't really get a bunch of compliments from like girls on dates or anything like that, or you know. So I'm just sharing these things, anyways, and you know, it might come off as shallow there, but like what I originally kind of was kind of secretly hoping would be the, some outcomes outside of just the being able to help people on the business side, they didn't happen. Yeah. And so now I'm, I'm in the season of life where it's like, I know the value I bring to the table mm-hmm. and external validation truly will not be the thing that I see. Yeah.
0: That's so right. good.
1: And, and that is the renewed confidence mm-hmm. I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. It has taken a year and a lot of journaling and a lot of prayer to get there. And so now with what you're calling out when guys are coming home and they're working these jobs that they hate Mm -hmm. or whatever and staying up, that's me all the time. I, 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 I don't think that truly will go away forever. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to be another thing. If it's not work, it's going to be something with your Mm -hmm. family. If it's not your family, it's going to be something that you, uh, you, you, you know, you, you did at work, uh, I guess work, family, life—something. Yeah. It's something's gonna always keep you up, but but I think the one thing that I've learned to fight for and to be able to like uh, ruminate in this space for mm-hmm. is margin. Yeah, uh, the book talks a lot about mm-hmm. that, right? I didn't believe in self care or whatever, but until I had my first anxiety attack last <laughs> April, I was like, "This is a real thing." hundred oh, <laughs>
0: percent um, is a real thing.
1: Yeah, and and. You know, I, I empathize with a lot of those guys. And so, like, my thing that has helped me slow down is trying to understand the bigger picture mm-hmm. a little bit more and also trying to recognize that my current now isn't going to always be my future. Yep. Dude, like, come on. It's temporary. That's so good. It's temporary. Okay. And also, view what you're going through right now as initiation for the next mm-hmm. thing because. Something that's always stuck with me uh, is the God. God isn't going to give you opportunities un, unless He knows that you have the character to sustain yes. 100%. it. Hundred percent. Right? And and I just didn't believe that. Like, I just didn't, <laughs> yeah. like I was like I have, I'm nice. I'm joyful. I'm gonna, I deserve this. You know all these things. Like I felt like I was entitled to it. And once I've realized that, no, like this is something that Craig Shell talks a lot about: is praise before the provision. Mm-hmm. And that, that that even has helped me stop being um, like anxious at night because, like you know, when our bank account is like sub ten thousand, and I gotta come up with like thirty to forty thousand by the end of the month to pay payroll or whatever it is, I get scared. Yeah. I stay up. Um, I, you yeah, know, that's, so a, different right it's, that's uh, a different kind of pressure right there. That's a different kind of pressure. You gotta yeah.
0: pay other people so they can take care of their family.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: dude. That um, you had just said the self care thing. Yeah, you do have to take care of yourself. I have an episode coming out um where like filling your schedule i believe in full schedules, but I f- believe in mm. rightly filled schedules um so I'm gonna go through like jesus's schedule and then my schedule uh with the guys to be like it, a lot of times you're gonna burn yourself out if you're using your time poorly and one of the mm. things I remember at a um at the retreat you came to my um my little breakout session. And one that you like, you interrupted me, you're like, hey, can I add something? I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Amar can always add something. And you talked about play um, and making sure that you were uh, not just grinding, 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 but you had integrated yes. some play into your life. Um, that may have been before you were like about the self care thing, but um, you had that little nugget of wisdom. But you had just said something else, and now it's escaped me about what you had said that. But I just feel like I just you just drew me into your life, and I was just so lost in everything you were saying. It was so good. Um, <laughs> I have this little marker feature on this new software we're using. I just marked several clips. I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's good. I'm going to – so I can replay that. Um, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable in that. So you wanted external validation through this business that you started, if I'm understanding correctly, right, and then all of your stuff. And now you've gotten to a place where you understand what internal motivation is. Um, And is that correct?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, I think that that was just, you know, a very premature Mm -hmm. motive, right. For, for pursuing business Mm -hmm. because you should start business because you want to, you're passionate about the space and you really think that you can do something in the market you see. And, it's you really believe that you're going to offer something, you know, this is just an arbitrary number, but magnet or they say 10 times, I just say a magnitude times better than what's available. Yeah, 100%. Right? You, that's, the reason, that's the reason you should be going into it. You really, If you're looking for um, validation, I'll tell you this now, it ain't it ain't yeah. going to be there. Um,
0: Especially from the people you want it from because they're not impressed with the stuff exactly. that you
1: do. They're not impressed. Like,
0: yeah. And that's different. They might love you, but they're not impressed with you. They're not going to like kiss your feet. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. learning that in my early twenties. Like I because I did. Like I had this part of me, especially in my early twenties, um, where I was like, I had this I will show you kind of attitude. Like mm-hmm. one day you'll yeah. see, one day you'll stop offering me advice and, and one day you'll see that I was I was either smarter, more capable, more successful. And one day what I wanted is was like, I want you to bow down and kiss my feet. And that was mm-hmm. like early, early twenties um, my my BC days. And, uh, let me tell you, that led me to, uh, one of the worst places I have ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I never got the external validation I thought I was going to get. Actually, mm-hmm. I ended up, it was like, the more I chased it, the worse off I got, which is just kind of crazy. Cause now in my thirties, I'm like, I feel like I know what my assignment is and it's in line with what you had just said about, I'm going to go make a difference with what I believe my assignment is. And it doesn't matter what the, uh, income validation or any of that, it, like none of that matters as much to me as like knowing I f- fulfilled my assignment that I believe I, I only, I can do. Um, and that is a very different, um, mentality. It makes it much easier to get up at in the morning. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, you shared some of the struggles, were there any other struggles that you wanted to share before we talk about team? Uh,
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, in, um, well I guess before we jump into struggles, I would say one thing that's helped me with addressing struggle before I jump into the struggles would be adventure and play. Mm -hmm. Like I know that I am grind mode and I have that gear and whatnot, but, In in so so if anyone is listening, I'm Indian by the way. If you can't tell by my voice, I probably not. I'm I used to I like to make a joke that I'm a uh, a kind white American boy in a brown body. (laughs) (laughs) But it's uh, but it's uh, literally so yeah. I'm Indian and so anyone you know like in Indian culture, like the outdoors, adventure, play, skiing, all that stuff. It's not necessarily like encouraged mm. per se and I, that might be a bit of an overgeneralization, but i would say in first generation um like families like if they specific your family specifically came from india like risk taking that's huge in of itself and for them to come to this country they view that as their risk mm. right so mm-hmm. adventure play and all that stuff but you're they, they my dad and my mom all the time like go it's so dangerous like why would you do that And it also doesn't help that my mom works at a trauma hospital oh. and sees the worst of the worst <laughs> that so doesn't help at all there's a that does not help at all but I bring all this up because uh, over the past two years, I really have put a greater emphasis myself on learning how to you know, do art, shoot, shoot a bow, set up a tent, go backpacking, mm-hmm. all these things. And it has, again, something, this theme about renewal, mm-hmm. right? It has, every time that I'm super stressed out at work or there's all this anxiousness, mm-hmm. uh, I've gone to the wilderness. I've gone to, and so, and it has allowed me to come back with, that heart, mm-hmm. that's more wholehearted, but then also strength, yes. like a newfound yeah. strength in things both in relationally, mm-hmm. spiritually, entrepreneurially, mm-hmm. all facets, right? And so for some of you that are listening, you're probably like, I ain't going to go anywhere near a forest, you know, <laughs> and I, I get it. I'm afraid of the dark too. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but, but it, you know, go outside. Like go do a microchip. You don't have to go to the forest. There are beautiful places everywhere in the world. And so take that time. Again, that relates back to the principle around margin. Mm-hmm. And so going into the struggles, right? I wanted to open with that because this is my default go-to of like, I, I try to audit my weeks. Mm. Like I every week on Sundays, I do what gave me energy, what am I proud of, what drained my energy, what could have been delegated. Yeah. And um, God, show me what you need to be do to do and lead me to where you need me to go, right? That's kind of like this like five-step exercise. I take like 30 minutes mm-hmm. to do that on Sundays. Sometimes it takes two hours, sometimes it takes three. Just depends on the week, yeah. right? But you got to make time for that. Um, you can even take five mm-hmm. minutes. Right. And so these are struggles. First off, I think that you have to understand there's a, there's a book by Patrick Lencioni, legend. He just released it. It's called, um, six working geniuses. Yes. Connor one, Grimm
0: just read that book from young adults. And he said like, he's like, oh, this God. is a must read. And I was like, all right. Okay.
1: Great. Yeah. Super great. So I, why I open with this is because team, team, team is one of the biggest things, especially when I was working in a. VC land, uh, venture capital, when you look at uh, what you want to invest in, you have to look at the teams. And so, one of the things I've recently struggled with and learned through this book is that we all, there are six working geniuses and they're wonder, intent, or wonder, invent, discernment, galvanizing, enablement, tenacity. Mm -hmm. And so, my my, uh, genius is discernment and enablement. Uh, I think through things and make really good decisions, right? And sometimes I have bad ones, but I mean, majority of the time I make good ones. And then enablement, I like to just empower people. Like here's the vision, here's the direction, go make it Mm -hmm. happen. But I have an amazing team, but I've been surrounded by people who have wonder, invent, galvanizing, and less of that tenacity Mm -hmm. and getting things done. And that's, that's my frustration. Working frustration is tenacity. Mm -hmm. Like when people aren't like executing on things. And so, That's also the thing they don't necessarily love. Like it actually is a frustration of theirs. Once we mapped all this out, like after the book, like reading Mm -hmm. it of like, what are people's competencies? It made so much sense. So I'm I'm opening with this. because so many frustrations on my team. It was because I didn't understand people's working
0: styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And so I
1: open with that because so many of us, we go, man, uh, I can just do this alone. And, but you go farther with the team. Mm-hmm. You do. And even though it doesn't always seem like that, it's slower at the beginning. You do go farther with the yeah. team. And so I think it's precedent. One of the struggles you can avoid is, you know, take, have your team take this assessment, mm-hmm. the six working geniuses, map everyone out and figure out, okay, this is, this person is a wonder and in inventing. So they need someone that's a, a companion to that, mm-hmm. you know, Cause you're trying to make the full like a uh, gear yeah, yeah. Uh, like d- widget is like the whole uh, abbreviation mm-hmm. there or acronym that he uses mm-hmm. there. And so that's one thing I would say the other thing I've, I've had to have some really hard conversations this past year. Well, there's this adage in the startup land, which is uh higher or higher, slow fire yep, fast. I've heard that. Right. Mm-hmm. And man, Oh my gosh. So many times on paper, and this is for all the other listeners that as you're building your team, you got to make sure there's value alignment. You and it's so easy in an interview, like if you only spend two, three hours with someone mm-hmm. to think they're value aligned, it does not show until you start working with mm-hmm. them the true layers of integrity, the true layers of, hey, how does this person actually communicate? Mm-hmm. What are their frustrations? It's just, you got to recognize that people put on their good face whenever they're doing. I I just never thought that was like, Oh no, no. you are going to hire them and they're
0: going to be awesome. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're going to be the (laughs) perfect, perfect employee. Yes. Uh, Could you value alignment? So one, I know I need to build a team. Um, for this podcast and then also my other work. I, I, I know it. Um, I'm a pretty high capacity mm-hmm. person and this podcast has made me realize that I don't actually know all of the things that have to go into making something like a podcast successful. Um, I, can, mm-hmm. I can talk is like what I can do. Um, but so I'm like, okay, right, I'm going to get this book. I'm going to learn how to build a team. Um, it'll be tough because you got to find people who want to work for free like me. But... Um, <laughs> Um, oh, what is, you said, um, higher fast or higher, slow, fire, fast. They did that with me at this church that I'm at. I had to interview for about four months. Um, wow. but you said value align. Can you explain what you mean by value align? Like do there, what, just you explain what that means.
1: Yeah. So obviously whenever you started Endeavor, everyone has like one of those, um, mission pages like you go oh here's our mission Mm -hmm. here's our vision all great stuff to have and then usually followed by that is a set of values Mm -hmm. right and so when when i had started this business in our first month when we had signed this uh retainer with a client it's probably the biggest check i ever received Mm -hmm. in my life like i was like this is crazy like i went from 50 dollars an hour to like Thousands, mom, we made it. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Let's go!" Like we, we were here. Pop you know? the bottles. And exactly, yeah. seriously. Um, and I also noticed that when people want, like, at the end of the day, people gotta get paid. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a reality of the thing. Um, if they're if they're choosing to work, they need money because they gotta provide for their families yes. or you know, and other things they gotta pay their bills, right? So, value alignment. Is really, I think, around this posture of we get to do this. Mm-hmm. So that was like one of the core values I had in the business from the very beginning. Is like it's a privilege to work. Mm-hmm. It is a privilege to be able to inconvenience ourselves because there are meetings and days where things don't go right. right. But look at look at what we get to work right. on, right? And so it wasn't like I have to do this. It was always can we can not or we no. It, we, What I meant to say is like, it's no drudgery, right? It's we get to do this. Like, it's just that passionate of like, we're honored and we're, we're being entrusted with this opportunity by God. I really assess that in 30 days. Like I really poke holes at that with people. Really, I like, yeah. So one thing I'll do is, you know, say like when we negotiate salary, Mm -hmm. for example, I try to understand what are they willing to take the lowest they're willing to take. And whatever their answer is, that's not, that's just a data point. Then I start asking about, um. You know, like if the, if the bank account is to dry up, here's the current bank account, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. What would you do differently? Are you willing to forfeit pay and all that stuff? Cause if, if this is the founding team. We're talking about the team that's found, like you're, you just called out, are people willing to work for free? Like yeah. this, is the question is like, can you endure mm-hmm. it? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and there have been months, like, as I'm building this team, I've had to give up, um, pay a few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can talk about that as maybe probably not the wisest choice that I did there, yeah. um. Cause that actually compounded into why I had the anxiety attack. But you know, I start to understand like, wait, are who owners eat last? Do you have that kind of mindset? Yeah. And then there's, there's these other layers. So yeah, please, please. So You're saying like one
0: of the values is especially for a founding team. If you're starting a business entrepreneurship, what the founding thing is like, do you really believe in the mission we're trying to accomplish? Or are you just trying to get paid? Is that kind of, kind of one of the things you're trying to analyze? Because people do have yeah, to, I, the, yes, absolutely,
1: yes, exactly, and also you got to view it as: is this a stepping stone for you, or do you want to be here for the long right. term? Hmm. And I, I can I can tell because I was the guy that uh, with my team as well. We we all did the stepping stone mm-hmm. thing, and so I know what those rehearsed answers look right. like. I know what those characteristics Ooh. look like, mm-hmm. um, and so
0: what's one of the characteristics? It's hard to be.
1: It's when you start do you you start overachieving like you're you're trying to impress people in the first thirty days like you're doing so 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 mm-hmm. much, um, and you're asking for like access to certain files that you're like that doesn't really have anything to do with what you're trying right. to do like then you start to unpack like you can ask a question of like where are you trying to go with your career and they go oh it's this oh that makes sense why you asked yeah. for these like access to these files and we're transparency like culture mm-hmm. for sure um, by default but I think you have to just recognize like. What are you giving? Like you're on borrowed time with everyone, right. and so like I will give access. Like it's a part of our culture, mm-hmm. right? But it's understanding. Like, are you just using this to like, you know, inspire yourself to go to the next thing? And that's that's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. You can't prevent yeah. that. But you want to try to avoid that as yeah. much as possible.
0: You ever heard of Sean Lovejoy?
1: Uh the, the name sounds really. He's an enough. author. He's
0: a, co- a team building coach. He's written some books on team building. Um, and he just came to our church to talk about teams and all that and he just gave some stats that like most people most successful organizations do have high turnover because most people are there for a little bit and then they move on very few people are long-haul type of people um and you just need to like if you're hiring somebody just have that in your mind that you got to hold them loose they're probably only going to be here for a little bit but yeah yeah so continue on with where you were going with all your other your struggles
1: yeah, well, I guess um, these are like the more practical struggles that day-to-day, like in an agency model. So I run an agency, right? The, when we were talking about the highs are high and the lows are low, like when you sign a contract, it's great because you get that initial deposit up front, but then it's milestone-based. So you don't get paid until you hit certain project milestones like, oh, the, the app has to be designed this way. And then you get a little paycheck or, hey, it's now on the app store. Then you get a paycheck. Like, so th- that's hard. It's not like consistent. Right. If you don't schedule your billing like that, mm-hmm. um, I think the other side of, for a leader, you don't recognize like self-awareness is a mm-hmm. big one. Um, you're it's, it's easy to say, I take the lowest seat at the table and you really fight to do that and stay humble and have humility in your team, but. In an act like you don't have, you have never arrived, right? Like it's good that that's your, that's the posture. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're the person that's paying them. You've hired them. Yeah. You're in the client meetings, making some of the hardest calls. Mm-hmm. Regardless of you being humble and humility, people still view you and your words with uh, a some authority. Some, it, it, authority, yes. yeah. And it's, it's a what what you say. You got to be aware of how that affects people. Mm-hmm. So if something is stressing you out, and that's the atmosphere you carry in, people can feel atmosphere even on a Zoom call. By sure the way, can. or so so if if you bring that atmosphere to your team, they're going to. Be like, I don't want to bring up that idea right now. Or hey, I um, I don't want to tell him about this really cool win we just had because he's just gonna crap on yeah. it. So be be aware of that. That's uh, so and, and stop me at any point because I'm just gonna go down a, a list of things that I, I thought about. Well, the um, so the
0: authority one is one I'm I'm learning a lot about right now is how important yeah. it is to let people like I don't how does, I don't want to say beneath you because it's not like equal value. I mean, people who who are trying to follow you. It's so important that they you allow them to see you as an authority, and that you act like an authority. Um, mm. Like one thing, I'm, I like to joke around a lot, and what I've learned in a very short period of time: if I joke too much, it actually negates some of the natural authority that I have been given. So it needs to be like inappropriate. I'm like, dang it, man! I like to goof around and not take things too seriously, <laughs> but actually, this might be a time to take some stuff seriously, and like be a professional.
1: Um, so mm-hmm. that, what you just said is real good. So, so continue. Yeah. And so this is where not taking yourself too seriously is a, there's a way to mm-hmm. do that, which is around, we, we do a thing at the end of our weeks, which is, um, we call it TJF. Mm-hmm. It's just like a one hour time to ask hard questions and play some games yeah. or whatever. But I would just, you know, one thing that is part of our culture and the teams that I'm trying to really build is celebration. Like this culture of Jubilee. Yeah. Right, like to rejoice in the because as a high achiever, for anyone listening, maybe you relate to this. Um, it, when you hit a milestone in your life, like if you've had a difficult upbringing or you're striving for validation or whatever it might be, and or you're an emo person that stuffs their emotions, like I am. Um, I'm learning to do a lot, do a lot, do a lot better with that. But if you are relating to that, you probably also recognize that you rob yourself of joy mm. when something good happens. You go, uh, I can do better. You're just automatically in the self-critical mode. And doing this posture or this one hour a week or whatever it might be in your teams or in your life, like if you're a solo entrepreneur, like go out for dinner, like nicer than Chipotle. Like I'm literally giving you permission to go do that. Um, Like, And then with your team, celebrate. Because we often don't sit and contemplate what getting a small promotion at work might mean in the greater scope mm -hmm. of things. We don't recognize when we often get a compliment like someone saw you someone praised mm-hmm. you for a moment you know like don't just rub take that and rub it off your shoulder oops my AirPod just just <laughs> fell, fell. <laughs> uh, when you signed a new deal right so that that's when i think that goofing off and like having fun and being playful it should be in that yeah. moment and then there's also moments when when your team is feeling down don't just default to joking off but really, try to unpack and sit in the pit with them on why they might be scared. Mm-hmm. Because we often use humor. Some of us who do um, as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to, you know, stay stray away from the real conflict or the real issue at hand. It's like it's like a really good way to destabilize or like tranquilize, oh, over, tranquilize right? or, the moment. Tranquilize is the
0: greatest. Well. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's <laughs> heated. Let me make a well timed joke. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Okay, we're all
1: better now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sometimes that's just not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Some people need you to, you know, sit with them and and talk things out about how you maybe offended mm-hmm. them, or hey, there's a serious problem, and I don't feel equipped, or I'm insecure, and I need you to, because I believe that you have authority and you have the ability to get someone else that might know how to solve this or even help me. Yeah. Right? You have this. You possess the mm-hmm. skills. That that paradigm, bro, is is the hardest thing because I am uh. I, I don't take myself too seriously when it comes to like little, little things sometimes mm-hmm. and that stuff compounds. And then I take myself, I'm like a completely different person. Like when I'm in a client meeting yeah. and, and stuff like that. And so I'm learning to have that playfulness mm-hmm. and that balance because your team needs yeah. that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. They, 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 they need that. They,
0: I, so you were, you were like reading my mail when you're talking about celebration. Cause I like to, I am like, we've got to make it better, make it better, make it better, make it better. And Mm. very rarely celebrate different little things. My dad's great at reminding me to, Pops is great at reminding me to celebrate. But even like we just had this really incredible small group launch, probably the largest that the church has had. And the only thing I saw was how it could get better. And I was like, Mm. I have the list of things that could be better. Because it's just what I'm used to is at least three times as long as what went well. I'm like, "Ah." so you're just, you're reading my mail right now. I'm going to go celebrate soon a- Please. <laughs> after I finish with a to-do list of things to get better. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. Um, all right, continue on. Do you have-
1: yeah, I have a, a few more. I would just say, uh, when you're making decisions, if you're, if your working genius is discernment, mm-hmm. one of the things you will have to model to your team is asking them, Cause you're people with discernment or enablement who don't aren't good at giving good expectations, right. In a team, like you need to give good expectations. That's a principle, like write that mm-hmm. down, like learn to give expectations. Also like learn to give um, mentor examples of what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. So people can mirror that as closely as possible. They're not going to be a hundred percent carbon copy of the thing you show them, right. but give them an example, because if you're disappointed because you didn't give them an example, or you didn't clearly communicate expectations, it was very unfair to them, and so that's something um, around decisions and expectations. It, you really gotta gotta do that well, yeah. you know. I don't know. Can you have you relate? Really, can you relate to that?
0: Um, I'm actually very good at giving expectations, and the only reason yeah, I, that's the awesome. only reason I'm good at giving expectations is because I know like. I, I asked that question that Jesus told you that's like, whatever you'd want someone to do for you, um, mm. do for others. And so I ask myself that all the time. And one, I hate being in a working environment when I don't know what's expected of me. Actually, I don't like not knowing what's expected of me all the time, because if I don't know what's expected, my default yeah. is to take over and do what I want to do. So, which has gotten me in trouble in the past. So I've just learned like, okay, I need expectations. If I need expectations, I know other people need expectations and things are just easier for most people when you have a, a roadmap to follow. Um, I was actually, I was talking to a a good friend of mine about this the other day. Both of us are um, very high autonomy. We'll figure out, give us a basic idea. We'll run with it. We are not like roadmap type of people like to build. Mm -hmm. Um, But we both have teams uh, underneath us that are, they need, they need that. So I've, I've been very fortunate that i like I am good at setting expectations following up on those expectations I just assume most people do' them. um I'm also learning yeah. I, I need to i need to free up and follow up on those expectations make sure uh we have some accountability um but we're growing i'm gonna read six working geniuses for sure that's in two days three days I've heard about that book twice so <laughs> I'm like all right here we go here we go.
1: Dude that's awesome. Well it, you know that's that's a blessing that you uh you're you have that trait about mm-hmm. you because I think this is one as an entrepreneur it's very important because it's so easy to lose sight of yeah. because you're so close to the business when you start to build a team each individual you add to the team they that's another person that might not have context. Right. It's a node, right? Mm. And you're starting to – so if you make a pivot, mm. you make a one-degree pivot in your mind, you don't realize how much of a pivot that is for you or everyone right. else. Um, uh, and that and that's like one thing like when you choose a model, mm-hmm. like all these different models, right? There's all these different business models. There's like uh, B2B, B2C, um, marketplaces, all, you know, all these different yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. models, agencies. If you also read uh twenty different business books, which a lot of entrepreneurs like to do at the very beginning, they just like soak up all the knowledge, or they're taking advice from advisors and investors, or whatever. It's all it's good. I understand that you you want to like go and learn from people who have walked in those places. Think about the implications of what those learnings are before you implement them in your business. Yeah, because it's so easy to like spend time in solitude and read a book and be like oh my gosh this is exactly that like this
0: the is- answer to prayer like this,
1: this, is, like, yeah, this yeah. is it yeah right? mm-hmm. but then you you bring it to your team and maybe they're it's like it lands flat mm-hmm. maybe they're not as excited as you are right. about it and also now in their minds maybe this is the tenth time you've done that mm-hmm. right uh yeah, yeah and so you have to really be
0: <laughs> you've got a new idea t- with every book Mindful. you read.
1: yeah Yeah. exactly like and that happens all the time and so just being wise about okay what's the timing Mm -hmm. right discernment again like what's the timing of this uh, new strategy i want to employ is this going to completely derail Mm -hmm. the roadmap that i've created and i think that's a trait you need to look for with your team is like a little bit of adaptability Mm -hmm. but also be mindful when they say hey we've pivoted three times and this is very difficult to follow or hey we're we're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. like slow down like when you hear those words that's like uh check engine light for burnout yeah, yeah, yeah. right they they or they reaching that yeah
0: point. now your team's confused on what we should be doing and um especially if you're like an idea person it's easy to like get a new idea and throw it out there and um yeah cuz I'm an idea guy so I like I'm like all right if I'm going to do something I have to commit to it for at least and then I give myself a certain amount of time um you know I right now with like the podcast I work by myself my other work I have a team So, Mm -hmm. on the podcast, I can try stuff, see how it works, pivot, and it's fine because it's just me. With my team, I'm like, all right, this is in writing. We're all agreeing to this is what we're going to do for the next year. You know, so I've, and uh, I've learned that I have to do that because if I, I I will pivot, I'll change every month, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Man, you're giving like really good advice. Everybody needs to listen to this multiple times if you're an entrepreneur and (laughs) if you're just, just a man like you're giving like life advice and business advice at the exact same time. Um you are wise beyond your years. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate
1: yeah. that a ton. I received that. You Thank are.
0: you. Uh I said on one of my Wisdom Wednesday podcasts is like you learn from life or other people and it's much easier to learn from other people. Um and I think you've done both. You've learned from life and people. So that's probably why you're like mm. way up there. Um <laughs> I would like to know You and I, we're both Christians. You work in – the business that you work in is specifically a um, faith-based business, correct? Or do you – Yeah, well,
1: we we do operate outside of faith. We're really – anything that helps the world infect the world with more joy, hope, and peace. Mm. And so more oftentimes than not, that does have to do with a lot of stuff in the faith space. But – um, and we're open to anything that's mission driven along those mission lines driven. Sure. Okay.
0: I okay my question is like how do you bring God and your faith into your business joy hope and peace those are those are three really really good answers Um. Now, <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where I want to ask you the question I ask every guest that comes on because I think you figure I think men need to figure out who they want to be and what they want to give their life to and you said earlier yeah. quoting from becoming a king like you can only give what you've become and so what, my question for you is what kind of man do you want to be? Like you're 26, you've got your whole life in front of you. When you're 36, 100%. 40, who do you want to be?
1: Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a really great question. Cause I'm actually unpacking that right mm-hmm. now. Um, and that's one of the big reasons why, you know, as some of you may have heard earlier early in the podcast, going to Buenos Aires and Argentina is to really sit in this space of really figuring out what the next five, 10, 20 years look Mm -hmm. like. And the thing is, um, like a life plan, Mm -hmm. right? But the thing is with a plan, your plan is likely not going to be, it's not going to turn out how you envisioned. Right. And Mike Tyson Mm -hmm. says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, literally I had the story of my life when it, when it came to my business, Mm -hmm. when it came to my relationships, when it's come to my spirituality. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but, the art of planning and to sit in that space and to think through the upsides, the downsides. Mm-hmm. Can you live with the downsides? What does it look like if your family looked like this? What does it look like if your legacy was like this is an important exercise to do because it gives you something to, again, put out um, and make obedient to mm-hmm. God. Like are my desires and my plans honoring you or is it just my empire? Wow. Um, wow. So, that should that's the big thing so i wanted to really call that specific nuance out before i go into um answering your question mm-hmm. um so i would open with 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 this i'm a man of god and so i fear and adore mm-hmm. him right I, I without him i wouldn't be mm-hmm. here i think it's so easy to just jump to i did it look at him more yeah. yes yeah. i climbed my mountain mm-hmm. but Without considering all the people and opportunities that were outside of my control yeah. that God orchestrated, the people that were praying for me behind closed doors when I was – bank account was a certain place mm-hmm. or, hey, when I was struggling with sobriety in one place, like mm-hmm. all these things. Like the people that I met along the way, I, I never would have been able to get mm-hmm. there. And So to, for me, like I, I'm, a, I'm a man that's disciplined about being joyful and becoming well-rounded so that I can be used by God to nurture others to live a bigger story. Is like what I live for. And say it again the for the two-word. Say it again for yeah. the people. I'm a man that's disciplined about being joyful and becoming well-rounded so that I can be used by God to help nurture other people others to live a bigger that's story. So good. Right. That is a great vision. And my t- and my two two-word uh vision mission to that is illuminate hope. When people in life want to give up, mm-hmm. I feel like I have just been God has blessed me with when people come and they want to give up. I just love to sit in the pit mm-hmm. with them because, and try to get them out because I've been there, you know, I've, I've been in those, those places, yeah. those dark places. And so, man, I, again, it's not just me it has been, I'm standing on the shoulder of so many men that are fighting for my yeah. heart. Right. Um, and I'd love to shout out that, the entire list of mm-hmm. men, uh, it, the podcast would probably gone for another like hour <laughs> if I did that, but it it is, um, that's it.
0: So I would say that. That's so good. I want you to text that to me so I can put that on my on my wall because that is an incredible vision. Um, I also love though that you just said that you've got other men who have been like praying for you, holding you up, hold, like older guys. And I I know some of the guys you've. Well, I don't I don't actually know them, but I know some. I'm recognize the name of some of the men that are in your life. In um, that quality alone is going to have you on a good track because you're like, you're surrounded mm-hmm. by men who are older, wiser, also successful. They fear God. They have good families and you, you're going to, you're on that path because of the men you're surrounded by. And it's never good to, do, to go about life alone um, or with just your peers. Uh, that is a man. You're an inspiration, my friend. I <laughs> feel more you, joyful I appreciate that for sure. Talking mm. to you. That, that's true. I've always felt that. Um, That has always been true. Before we close, this has been one of my favorite conversations that I've ever had on this podcast. Um, I I don't like the sound of my own voice like everyone else in the world, uh, but I think I'm going to put up with that to listen. I actually want to listen to what you had to say again um, because I really, really enjoyed this conversation. But before we sign off, is there anything else that you'd want to say to uh, our listeners?
1: Uh, this is one that uh, one of my closest mentors said to me, which uh, I think, I'm not sure if, I can't remember the theologian that it mm. came from, but a, a, a really powerful mentor um, left me with this quote, which is, self-care is never a selfish act. Mm. Yeah. And uh, for those men that are out there, I know that uh, pampering and like resting is like, you just stray away from yeah. that. It's like, oh, that's not, I don't want to do any yeah. that. doesn't need to look the same way that it does for the feminine soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be yeah. different. And so I just encourage you and I urge you to not do life alone. And that it is very important to learn to ask for help because people are out there wanting to help. Mm, that's so and good. there are people who just don't even know who to help because they can't find them. As crazy as that mm-hmm. is, in a world where we're so connected, mm-hmm. we can feel so alone. And so, learn to ask for help. Um, I'm open to anyone reaching out to me. Uh, I think you can find me on LinkedIn. Like you can just search where is Amar. I'm also on Instagram. If you want to send me a DM, and I'd love to hop on a call and just chat with people. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, someone that's like looking to start their first uh, entrepreneurial thing, I'd love to just riff yeah. with you. Um, and yeah, I look forward to seeing the fruit. That this podcast, like the Man I Want to Be podcast, outside of even just my episode, really bears for people. Because I think that, you know, yes, this might be an hour of your time, but it the ROI on it, it's not going to be visible right yeah. away. It's, it's one of those things where each episode is like planting a mm-hmm. seed and it's slowly growing the forest yeah. so that animals can one day... Come and dwell and build their homes, and then there's a river running through, mm-hmm. and there's kids playing. and People, maybe other men, are going out there and having you know where this analogy is mm-hmm. going. So, just recognize that. Um, don't view listening to the things you, you know, be be, have, be wise about the things you listen to and you put into mm-hmm. your heart. and Keaton is doing a phenomenal job of just curating the people that he's bringing on to this show. And yeah, it's it's crazy that it's been almost a year and a half in the making to have this conversation mm-hmm. just now, but. Man, I'm so glad that we had the margin to do it. So good. So. so good. Amazing.
0: Well, Amar, thanks for hopping on. I hope things go well for you in Buenos Aires. Make sure you come back soon. Don't be there too <laughs> long. I mean, be there as long as you need, but man, I hope, it, I hope it's fulfilling to you. Guys, thanks for tuning in to the Man I Want to Be podcast. Like I said, my name is Keaton, and I am the host of this podcast. Don't forget to share this with a friend. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.